This is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Thursday, August 4th, uh, I am Jack Riggins, the host of Drive Time Lincoln. I am here in studio with my trusted ally, Johnny Cadillac, producing the show. Appreciate it. Johnny has, oh, he's got a stinger splash. Whoops. It's a Jeff Hardy shirt. Oh, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> but he, you've got so many different colors on that one that it looked like sting for me for a second. Yeah, it could be a little bit of a mind warp. but There you go. That's what that shirt is, mind warp. That looks like some art from the 70s or something. But a uh, um, lot going on. Another hot day, but not quite as hot. 94. Um, well, I'll tell you what. There's an interesting story uh, statewide going up in Laurel, Nebraska right now, if you're not aware of it. Um, I don't have all the details, but um, we'll just say a house explosion last night. Uh, and as, uh, L- not LFR, but as first responders, sheriffs, and everybody responded, uh, one was found dead in that building, and then there was another fire just a few blocks away in another home, um, I believe three dead. Um, so they just had, State Patrol just had their press conference, and it's just a a real uh, bizarre kind of crime up in a small uh, town like Laurel, Nebraska. So you may want to pay attention to that. They think they may have some suspects. Um, they definitely suspect some foul play, but... Uh, yeah, it's just it's good to pay attention. You never know what's going on. I mean, I hate to say, but you know, I hate to say it, but I will. Whenever I see something like that, I always think of Breaking Bad and and meth labs and things like that. You know, in these small towns, may not be that, but um, there's definitely something afoot there. Hey, we've got uh, Councilman City Councilman Richard McGinnis on right now. Councilman, thank you. Yes, thank you, Jack, for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, caught my eye this week um, in the Journal Star uh, as the budget is getting going and, and coming to city council um, that uh, you caught some things in the budget with fees that you were like, oh, what's going on here? And, and you were calling for the public to kind of start taking a look. And so I wanted to ask you about that, and I appreciate you coming in on short notice to you know start talking city budget and things like that. Yeah, thank you, Jack. Uh, yeah, when we were going through the whole budget and stuff, they came up with uh, new fee schedules, and we have to vote on them individually because they are collected uh, based on what it is. If it's a uh, wastewater fee, uh, water fee, which is the ones that we usually pay attention to. Right. you got your LES fee, your water fee, your wastewater fee. Those are the ones basically everybody has to pay. Yeah. You know, and then kind of the basic services. Right. And the thing with those is they go into a enterprise fund. And so they get to be spent on wastewater and water and LES gets to use there. So it really doesn't become part of the general fund. Those are all just separate and on their own. And we, we call them enterprise funds. But it looks like we're raising a lot of the fees on what we call our special revolving funds. Um, all the way from animal control, which is really supported mostly uh, by the fees. And right now they have over $550,000 in their account. They're going to be adding a new animal control officer. So they want to raise their fees. Now, I'm trying to get to the bottom. Is that the right raise or not? And the other question we've had from some of the departments is, well, we better raise our fees because we may need it some year. And that's the thing that I want to get to the bottom of on a lot of these fees. And a lot of them are the health department. Mm -hmm. You know, we have uh, fees from everything from when you sell your acreage, you have to have an inspection of the well. And 
all those fees, and I want to know if they cover it all or if it covers a portion of it and how this all works together. Some of the larger fee increases, though, were in some of the basic things that bother me the most, and a couple of the city council people, is we're raising some of the fees on our um, food permits. And that's all the way from the food establishments to the renewals to new permits to mobile food units, um, temporary food establishments, food handling permits. And that's a business that we've been trying to prop up with a lot of uh, our money Mm -hmm. over the time because they've been hurt the worst. Right. And now we're turning around and, and we're not just raising them next year. We're raising them the following year, too. So those are a couple things that we want to look into. There's another set that kind of caught the eye of a few of us, and that is child care. Those fees are going up pretty pretty high, too. And they are, I think, they're already high. And I'm just wondering, right. are those fees there to support all the licensing and, and what it takes, or are they there just to be used as part of the general fund for the health department? Sure. Um, well, I have a couple of thoughts or maybe questions um, from the people, because people email a lot, especially when there's the new budget or if there's anything that's happened in the city. Um, you know, I I can see maybe both ways, and I don't know that you were referencing the health department with regard to we may need it in the future. Um, for me and some of the listeners, th- that sometimes sounds like Coming out of a pandemic, this big fear and, you know, what might happen next so we need more fees. Are you referencing them specifically or just in general with that comment? Just in general. Uh, mostly what I'm referencing is that they thinking someday we may have to raise these fees up. Right. And so we, they say they're being told by a lot of their advisory boards that they have on these that they would much rather have a small increase every year, mm-hmm. a 5 six three five six percent increase every year than saying in year 10 we need to jump this by 10 or 15 percent the only problem is we don't need it right now i have a little belief in government they're a taxing organization they need the money they can go get it right they don't need to keep all this money on hand and take the money from the taxpayers at this point yeah and i know you're a fiscal conservative so it's always trying to figure out the right mix you know and that's the thing i think is interesting and and i'll get off it because i do have some questions on kind of the small businesses and food as well as child care but it's also i mean it's a it's a i guess it depends on the political side of the aisle but health department right now given everything we just came through and giving you know the the very controversial masking and extra masking in this state. I just don't know that that's a good optic, you know, unless they really need the money. Right. So if they're, but if they're just padding for future, I think that's a hard sell to the people of Lincoln right now. Right. Uh, Again, I get the overall theory of small increases, but I know when I see that, um, specifically to that department, I think, ooh, I just, I don't know that that's a, a good optic for the city right now. Um, might not be a fair assessment because I'm a very anti-mask guy, but I'm just saying there's emotion out there on that one. No, and I fully agree with you, and that's why I really do need to sit down yeah. with each one of these departments. If it's the department that checks on environmental you know, waste, mm-hmm. uh, the fees they charge there, the the dumping fees, right. the paint 
recovery fees and all those type of things. I, I just got to get in and find out, are these things that are really needed? Sure. And go forward with them. But no, I don't think there's any anything in there that you're right about the optics with the um, with the health department and with them also looking to add a, another 12 FTEs with their mm-hmm. nursing program. Yeah. That is kind of catching a lot of us off guard. Yeah, and I think the food one, when you look at that, or and I'm going to just summarize that into kind of small businesses and organizations for their permits and and you know, I I know you know body art businesses. It's not like there's a hundred of those in town. But again, we've just come through a pandemic. We did have a historical state tax cut by Governor Ricketts. That's that's a victory for all Nebraskans. And so you have to be careful, right? Because at one way we can't say we're all the way through it, and then we're just kind of nickel and diamond, you know, small businesses because that's what we need in this community. And so I always say, you know, there's a a balancing the realities of the need for the money. I think you brought up a good point about um, kind of small inflation. Instead of five years from now, we got to dock you, you know, 15 bucks. Um, And, you know, it's it's good, though, that you're looking into it and others on city council as well as we're getting the people educated to make sure it's the right way. Child care, I don't quite understand, but I don't know enough about it. I I agree with you. Uh, We raised our kids in in our house, probably because it's one of the cheapest ways to do it. Child care is very expensive. It's just the way it is. Oh, it is, and it's very important. It is. For the economy of Lincoln, for businesses. Yeah. And most people realize that, that if you want somebody to show up at work and, and do you, do their job, and they have a young family, child care is very important to them. And affordable child care is something I think most of us feel like we should be looking hard at. Well, and that's the key word, affordable child care, as well as it's hugely important to our economy that parents uh, have the trust in high quality, but it's affordable so they can be out in the workforce. What are some of the other highlights going on down at City Council right now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll get through the budget pretty easily. Right now there's a, a big push in the budget that a lot of people have probably read about, and that was with the bus and the bus fees. And it's kind of funny when it affects you personally, it, it, it becomes very important. Right. And so every year there are quite a group that will come down and talk to city council about bus fees and such. And so there's a, lot, a strong uh, push in there to go fare free. And then there's a strong push not to spend the extra million or a million and a half it would cost to go fare free. So there's still a lot of ongoing talk. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's quite a lobby in Lincoln, Nebraska, for that, and uh, we we give plenty of airtime to that here on this show. <laughs> so that one, that one seems like it'll take a lot of time. And the other things that are going on are these, uh, uh, we call them recovery houses, mm-hmm. uh, Ox, uh, Oxford House, and those yeah. that were they're starting to come into neighborhoods, and so we're going to have to figure that one out. Yeah, going forward on on this. Uh, the other exciting things for me is we still seeing people coming in and wanting to build new, um, new growth. Yeah, a little bit new plats on the edge of town. Yeah, that's so, good. So seeing Have, a lot of that. Uh, last time you were in, or it's been a while, uh, there was some uh, not friction, just debate talking about now the South Beltway and zoning permits and things like that. 
Um, do you foresee that continuing to move forward and that I'm going to call it a debate. I could be wrong on that, but um, what, what the city's thinking about doing as far as uh, basically zoning all the way down to the South Beltway, which is future, future, future growth for Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, yeah. It, and it's coming forward and it comes down to money. Yeah. We got to put pipe in the ground to get down to that area. And how are we going to afford to put the pipe in the ground? And as it, there was a editorial in the Journal Star right. with, from Robin that was really pretty much laid it out, all the fees and expenses, and that's why there isn't, it's hard to build new affordable housing. Sure. And that was very evident there. So there's always going to be that debate going forward. The southwest part of town is kind of interesting. We're going to spend $100,000 we want to put in the budget for a pretty good study, that whole basin down there. And a lot of it came forward with... Um, the site there where they had the sweat lodge. Okay. And so we want to make sure there isn't other uh, environmental issues sure. in the area before we just start going out there and improving things. So we're going to do a long study on that, long study on Wilderness Creek. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I really think we need to start pushing on is east. A lot of people are starting to move east. You go over the hill at 84th Street. Used to be that you could never go over the hill right. at 84th Street. But now when you go over, there's a lot of houses out there. Yeah. And so I'm still thinking that the state and the city need to look at doing some infrastructure out that way and maybe turn um, Highway 34 O Street into a four-lane road Right. as we go east because a lot of people like coming out that way. Well, they do like coming out that way and I mean you've got SCC out there and if you if you use O Street as a divider, you've got a lot of houses bu- being built to the northeast, uh, kind of towards Omaha and then you actually have a lot of houses going out uh you know, we're talking now way southeast, you know, down Highway 2. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of growth past 84th Street, no doubt about it. Um boy, that would be needed. It'd be neat to see O Street be four lanes. We could do the kind of like there. they did uh, between Gretna and Elkhorn. Yeah. And look what it's done out there for economic development. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I'd be remiss not to ask in our last couple minutes about, um, I know there's been a second reading on police funding in the union. I don't know that you, you can give any details, um, but the word I get is is we're making some headway um, w- with our police that's very favorable uh, to the men and women, which it, by and large is favorable to the city in our safety and security. Of course. We've, uh, we've got the police union contract that will be on public reading on Monday. Um, sounds like most people are, are very satisfied with that. And so we, we're hoping that can keep things calmed down on that end of it. But on the other end, for recruiting and other such things, um, We've been trying to uh, tell the police department we're willing to put some money into that Good. for them. And they're looking in ways that they can get it. And I think the chief is taking that seriously and really looking at trying to get some good quality uh, yeah. new officers in. And I believe she's going in the right way. And we've told her, everybody on the city council has told her that the resources are there of what she needs. Yeah. And we'd be glad to help her as much as we can. No, I... I, I- I have one of the people that probably seems like I beat up the force. I'm not actually beating up the force at CSU's around it. And I want to say again, I think uh, Police Chief Ewens has been doing a great job. It takes a while to get your feet underneath you um, and and to get a plan that that makes sense. And if you look at at what she's done as far as you know trying to. Uh, work with what she has, but then, you know, coming out and talking honestly about some of the manning issues, working with city council, 
this union contract, as I understand, is going to be very favorable, which is good. And the second thing is is um, the classes of bringing new officers in, and I, I think they're looking at even an interim class. And it's nice to know that you guys have also talked about uh, recruiting monies because, you know, folks, it takes money to recruit. I mean, <laughs> you have to market. And so uh, these are all very positive steps for law enforcement and, and really the greater you know, LPD, LFR, as we move forward, I think everybody in the city understands we want to have that. So yeah. it's good news. Yeah, it is. And the fire department, same thing. Yeah. We're in the process of helping them out with a lot, some new equipment, some new items. And um, they're in the EMS is where they're challenged a lot. And yeah. So we got to keep helping them go through that. Is EMS challenges uh, manning and high turnover? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's Stressful a burnout job. of manage the VMS. It, it, it's always amazed me. Uh, people think, you know, oh, the military, you know, we get a lot of the, you, whether it be PTSD or burnout. The truth is, I think EMS uh, is probably one of the number one most burnout jobs there is. Uh, if you think about it, folks, you know, they're responding to God knows what, um, usually involves some kind of medical issue, but sometimes there's an active crime going on as well, you know, as they all descend in there. So it's it's a very difficult job, highly trained. I like to call them medics, but they're paramedics. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, those, those people deserve a, a lot of love. Well, anything else positive to leave, leave the uh, great listeners of Drive Time Lincoln with? Well, the city of Lincoln is still doing pretty well on their budget uh, and collecting revenues through, from sales tax. Um, so that's still up. Uh, it's over $12 million right now with another two months to go. So there's a lot of, I say, a lot of cash there. But we do have money to do some projects. Yeah. And so there is some good things we can do. I'd like to do some one-time stuff. I'm not too excited that maybe sales tax is going to stay as strong mm-hmm. uh, going into the future, and I think we're going to budget it that way okay. a little bit. Um, property tax is what it is. Uh, quite frankly, they say they're lowering it by <laughs> 1.2, and basically, if you look at the budget, it's going up $6 million. Well, what you're saying is we're a healthy, economically uh, sound city, and that's a good thing for us all. Yeah, and we can put money into our capital improvements, into the water and wastewater and, and streets. Awesome. Appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, Councilman. You bet. Thank you, Jack. You bet. All right, uh, 1,499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back. We just uh, had Councilman Richard McGinnis on. Uh, we did a nice breakdown of his thoughts and what the council's doing. We really talked about fees and just, you know, this isn't going to make anybody go broke here, but it's one of those things in government accountability, um, you know, to take a look at um, as there's quite a new uh, group of proposed special fees, you know, uh, for, that are going to benefit, you know, the health department and some permits, you know, for food trucks and businesses and body art businesses as well as child care, you know, and, and just the, the, the normal sense of infrastructure, you know, you just have to watch those. And I'm glad he brought it up, not only in the meetings, but wanted to come on here and talk about it. Um, we talked also about uh, the, the bus system. I know uh, Star Trend Richard <laughs> listener, um, and his group has probably been down there, and we'll see what happens with that. As you know, Richard is uh, continually pushing StarTran Richard um, for free bus fares, and his group, big lobby. i got to be honest, there's a big lobby. Might be a one-man, um, but, uh, you know, we ought to mention that. We talked about uh, 
favorable news coming for our men and women in blue, as well as LFR and EMS and, and different monies. And this is good stuff. Uh, you know, we live in a good, diverse city, and we can figure things out. And it's it's nice to see movement there. Like I said, um, I, I totally uh, respect where Chief Ewens is going. Would I, Jack Riggins, like it always to happen faster? Of course I would, but I understand the realities of it, and uh, I think she's leading the department in a way that uh, we're going to be pleased with, you know, year after year after year. So so that's some good stuff. All right, uh, we might as well open the phone lines for the second half of the show today. The Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. It'll be live the rest of the show. Drive Time Lincoln, 1400-993-KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3-KLIN. All right, folks, uh, second segment here on Thursday, August 4th, 93 degrees out there, sunny. We've had a good spat of weather lately, in my opinion. Uh, we'll open up the call lines, uh, Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Same number for the text line, uh, Linda, appreciate the text, I'll get to it in just a second. Um, we had uh, Councilman Richard McGinnis on. We were talking some of the special fees that he's looking into, as well as other councilmen. We talked a little bit about uh, all, all the different uh, you know increases and making sure they're right sized for our city. The good news is, is we're economically healthy, meaning the city has money, and and that's a good thing, right? It's just a matter of making sure that um, you know we're not overtaxed, so to speak. Um, thought thought he had some real good comments on uh, you know child care. And how how big it is uh, to have quality, affordable childcare, so that uh, people can feel good and that their kids are with trusted folks, get out in the workforce. Had great uh, comments and news that will be coming out about uh, funding for our police, uh, LFR, EMS, and and things we need to things we need to continue to improve on. Um, things we talk a lot about on this show. Um, just following up on that topic, uh, Linda, great text. You asked, uh, you asked, um, kind of about city utility charges and, and raising of revenue. You're right. Um, you've also on your text, you know, said, look at your gas bill, you know, look at your electric bill, look at your water bill. That's the best way to see kind of all the fees. Now it might not make sense to everybody because i think when you look at your bill it is difficult to know um and then what exactly are those fees going to you but in this proposed budget linda what i can tell you because i have it in front of me at least of what i can find um you, you're looking at a, a water five percent increase a rate increase there uh wastewater six percent e- each year uh as well as solid waste uh it looks like uh, 5%. That's landfill fee and occupation tax. So, you know, the fees do increase. Um, the, the question is, is it, are they right-sized? And, uh, Linda, your point is well taken on the text line that, you know, digging through your bills, uh, you will always see these fees. And, and we do have many of them. And if you – I agree with Linda here. If you do go to another place and, and have, you know, your – you know, your mother-in-law or, you know, a sister who lives somewhere else, you you may be shocked to see how many fees we have. And uh, listen, I'm not saying at all we get rid of fees. I'm always just saying they got to be right size. It does cost, and we have a lot of good things 
in Lincoln that these fees go to. And uh, Councilman McGinnis, I thought, did a real good job explaining, hey, we just need to, you know, make sure they're right-sized. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting, uh, talking about the growth um, down south towards the South Beltway, uh, but more importantly, the study down in the southwest kind of uh, maybe brought on by the sweat lodge and the building that was going to go on there. If you'll remember, um, there was some uh, friction about uh you know the, that being a sacred uh uh native american grounds if if my memory serves me right um and and i think wilderness park in general like i i, I will say that i have always thought wilderness park was a really cool place in lincoln and i would hate to see it kind of infringed on um and i know that may sound silly but i mean you know kind of a park with trails and you know a nice water feature through it you know even if you build right up to it you kind of change the whole dynamic so I think it's good we're kind of taking a cautious approach down there and, and taking a look at it because that's a special part. And then uh, just kind of the explosive growth of the city that we sometimes forget out east, you know, northeast, uh, building towards Omaha past 84th as well as past 84th and southeast is has really been um, booming. So that was kind of the first segment. Um, what's, what's in big news today? Uh, went over that story in Laurel. Um, I just I think it's interesting. I think everybody in Nebraska should pay attention to it. Uh, you know, rarely do you have a house explosion that kills somebody followed up by a house a couple blocks away, uh, you know, catching fire and killing three people. They've already admitted the state patrol that accelerants were probably used. Um, so that that's just kind of an odd one in our in our state, um, without a doubt. Maybe one of the other national ones out there that is of interest to you is um you know kansas voters uh defeated the abortion amendment um in kind of a 60 40 margin and you know since the supreme court uh made their ruling that essentially it was on the states to decide abortion um you know once again let's get our facts straight they did not outlaw abortion in the newest ruling they said it was up to the states um i think most people would have thought that uh, kansas uh would pass that you know meaning you know stripping their citizens of abortion rights if you will um pretty easily but it you know this is democracy and it was defeated and you know that's i'm sure Pretty interesting, not only national news, but probably pretty interesting news to people here in Nebraska is it's our southern neighbor. And I, for one, think that there's a lot of um, similarities, certainly a lot of difference between Kansas and Nebraskans. But, uh, you know, that was certainly unexpected, I think. And um, maybe one of the more um, one of the first kind of state actions post Supreme Court ruling. Um and so I would suspect that we'll see a lot of the political folks up here, you know, talking about it. I know Democrats are already talking about it, Republicans as well, but that'll probably occupy some of our thoughts. You know, this national story I, I find fascinating. I have talked uh, with a few Democrats over the years here on radio and I do enjoy talking with them because we all have our perceptions, and one of the perceptions that I giggle about is is being compared to 
uh, maybe some national personality. <laughs> um, and trust me, I don't mind whatever it may be. Um, you know, that's just the way the world works. But I have to say, um, there there's one that would at least cause me to step back, and that's if somebody thought that I was like this guy, Alex Jones. And the reason I bring him up is because, if you recall, Alex Jones was big, kind of conspiracy theory guy, some would say far right, um, but he uh, was in this big trial because he's been saying that the Sandy Hook thing never happened. And, um, you know, I think InfoWars is his show. I don't watch it, but I know who he is. Anyway, he was he was found uh, to have not done the right things in a court of law today, and and that's kind of big news. But the reason I wanted to bring him up is I think that he is a good example, uh, clearly on the right, of when it's all gone too far and and i fully admit that some of the issues we're having not only in this country but even in this town are when uh media and people go too far right and alex jones is is on that extreme level and and i think what's more sad is not that one person like alex jones can have those extreme thoughts and and my guess is really believe them. It's how many people they can influence to believe that as well. And I think that's very unhealthy. Um, and folks, again, if in your belief system, if I've done that, please call into the show and, and talk about it to me. Uh, because that is never my intent, right? Alex Jones, to me, um, is just not good for America. That's that's what I'm saying. He's just not good for America. And if I had an example on the far left, I'd give it, but I don't. <laughs> and uh and and most of this stuff is in between, right? But you know, how do we solve that uh here in a town like ours in Lincoln, you know, if I'm quote uh maybe a more uh outspoken radio show host, well, we solve it by calling in and we talk through the issues and, you know, you provide me perspective, I provide you perspective. More than likely, after we're done with that, we come to some middle ground so that, you know, a guy with a platform or the case of Alex Jones' own show isn't just going around spewing lies that end up, you know, getting himself in trouble but hurting a lot of people and, more importantly, uh, moving the needle on many Americans who should know better, but they don't. So I'm just saying bad on you, Alex Jones. I don't dig it. Johnny asked me a good question. What am I more scared of, getting COVID or monkeypox? That was your question off air, Johnny. It was indeed. I, I didn't know it was going to make it onto the show, but well, no, you let's know, have at it. <laughs> you know, it did make it onto the show. Uh, my answer is neither for me. Uh, you've heard me say this before. I just, I just don't believe in... Uh, walking around too worried about things like that. Um, you know, if they come, okay, I've got a problem. Now I deal with the problem. Um, but I'm not worried about that. But I, I do see, <laughs> not at the level of COVID, but I do see, you know, the same precursors of monkeypox as a health crisis. I think that was just announced today. And, and I, folks, nurses, doctors, health director, I'm not making fun of you. At all, when I say this, I just I'm giving the how I walk around as a citizen, and I I think a lot of my listeners do is you know we just don't worry about that stuff to the point where we want to shut down economies and society because of it. Now, 
clearly if it gets to a level and and we all have to do something then we have to do something but it just i th- i think the the scabs if you will the band-aids and the scabs of covid have everybody looking at this monkeypox thing you know <laughs> out of the corner of their eye um so maybe pay attention to that uh one of the other things you know i've talked about this a little bit but I'm going to talk about it again because I think it's important. I think people, even fellow conservatives, um, as well as Democrats, uh, get it wrong a little bit. Uh, you know, when we talk about MAGA, if you hear MAGA, uh, a good friend of mine is a big MAGA fan. We'll, we'll call it that. And uh, he and I were talking, and and I've actually talked to some guys on the Secret Service detail that guarded former President Trump over the years, so they read a lot of the rallies. And I want to make this clear from my perspective, right? MAGA to me, the the saying, make America great again, okay? That is a campaign slogan. That is a saying, a marketing ploy to get you excited to be a conservative and a Republican, okay? It is a saying, right? It's like being a Kansas City Chiefs fan and saying, you know, go Chiefs. It's the same as being a Husker fan and saying, go Big Red. A Packers fan saying, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. I have to relate to it even more. No, so. that's that's <laughs> perfect, though, Johnny. And, and I think what's happened over the years, and I got this really from a, a lot of guys on the Secret Service detail, is I think a lot of Americans, okay, have taken that on to be more than even the former president, you know, and when Donald Trump was the president, intended it to be, okay? MAGA is not more important than the United States of America, right? We all live under one constitution. We all live in a very diverse country, and that diversity is what makes us great. Now, our adherence to the Constitution and when there needs to be tweaks and law and order is what keeps this society moving forward, as well as our diverse workforce and economy and yada, yada, yada. But MAGA, if I could impart any wisdom on you, is a slogan. It is a, you know, go pack go. It is a go big red. It is not Donald Trump. It is not the Republican Party. It is not the conservative movement. It is a slogan that is a piece of that, right? So what I'm trying to say is, is that remember, if you're a conservative, that the values of conservative living and uh, planks are exactly that. And they're bigger than MAGA, right? The conservative movement exists beyond Donald Trump, uh, Mike Pence. George Bush, you know, the first, the second, even Ronald Reagan, even former President Lincoln, right? The conservative movement is about the people and a set of values. And, you know, I just, I know that MAGA fires people up and that's cool, right? That's how you motivate people in a base. But but I would ask that everybody remember that it's a slogan. And if it, you know, is make America great again, again. I like that slogan, right? If Donald Trump ends up being the nominee for the Republican Party versus, say, Joe Biden, you know, Gavin Newsom, Hillary Clinton, (laughs) 
Kamala Harris. I'm voting for Donald Trump. I'm voting for the Republican. Okay? I'm not voting for MAGA. And again, I don't mind folks that, you know, MAGA is motivating. But what I'm saying is don't take it too far. You know, try to think of the big picture, um, you know, beyond that slogan, because it is very catchy. I think it's a great slogan. Um, I use it myself sometimes. But I'm trying to right-size or at least provide my perspective on what MAGA is inside of the conservative movement here in America. Um, So that was me giving just useless thoughts by the commander on a Thursday. You want to talk about useless thoughts? Do you want to give a preview of what tomorrow's show is going to be? Oh, yes. Let's give a preview of of the next couple days. Okay, so tomorrow, don't get off the mic yet, Johnny. Tomorrow what we're going to do is we're going to come in and we're going to sit in the same spots. But we're going to flip the script. Johnny has been begging to interview me just as Jack Riggins um, or maybe as the commander radio show host. I don't know. But we're going to let you do it. Yeah, no, there's just so many days, like, we get off the show and I have some sort of random, whether it's political thought or thought about your life that comes to my mind, and then I just start asking away, and I'm like, how about we do this in radio format now, so. So, yeah, <laughs> well, let's we'll, do it. We'll have that tomorrow. <laughs> we will do it. Um, <laughs> all right, I got a text line because I opened the text line up. Uh, Jeremy. I love it. Uh, parody account. That's a great read. I think I'm going to put it out. I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for this. Um, so this is a parody account coming in from Jeremy on Twitter called Coach Casey Smith. So at Coach Casey 13 U. Um, Jeremy, a lot of trust there. A lot of trust. F- folks, go out and check that out. It is a parody account. And um, if Jeremy thinks it's a great read, I think I will think it's a great read. Um, (laughs) And that's the other thing online now, right? It's so many parody accounts. I mean, people go to such extreme. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Jeremy, I'm reading it right now. Just got kicked out of a tournament for coaching third base with a bush light in my hand. (laughs) Last time I checked, prohibition ended in 1933. Things need to change. Uh, Jeremy? Great text. Great post. 1499.3KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3KLIN. Okay, well, I guess the lessons for the show and having uh, Councilman Richard McGinnis on, I really appreciate him coming in, is a check your fees, hold your government accountable, and uh, MAGA out there, hey, just keep MAGA in perspective. That that's the point. Uh, Grillmaster Chris has a traffic update. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for that reference. Hey, I'm we not did... going to get fired for saying that. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. I pride myself in being able to grill a decent hamburger. So that's all right. Uh, we did have a last minute uh, accident. Superior Cornhusker and Havelock area. That's near 56th and Cornhusker. You'll want to watch for slowdowns. Doesn't sound like there's any injuries, but. Uh, those people may lose their gold star. I gave everybody else a gold star earlier. Oh man, it's just uh, we we got traffic issues in the city. We gotta just be careful. Like, yeah, we just like to crash. Yeah, there it's, you go. It's just, <laughs> well, slow it, down. Yeah, may, slow down. Make it a low speed crash. No, be careful. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Arrive home safe. Appreciate it, Chris. You betcha.
You bet. Um, hey, the other thing, folks, uh, earlier in the week, make sure you catch the podcast with uh, Tunnel for Towers, Lincoln, the Herrera family, Melissa Wood, uh, helping them out. Um, they're going to have a great uh, fundraising event, April, April, August 27th, 5K walk slash run. Um, they'll be back on in the 15th. But go to Tunnel for Towers, Lincoln on Facebook. And from there will be a link to sign up and you can donate. Listen, I have a goal. It's just a personal goal, right? They came in the studio, $31,000 raised, over 300 participants. I want 500 participants, over $50,000 raised. Please go check out Tunnels for Tower Lincoln on Facebook and get signed up for that great event uh, supporting really all first responders nationwide and a great success story with the Herrera family. Um, And so we're going to keep highlighting it. See you tomorrow, 1499.3 KLIN.